All right. Uh, Illini Basketball Podcast, episode 152, March 3rd, 2023. Uh, Illinois coming off of a victorious uh, victory in double overtime against Michigan. Uh, third straight senior night game that has been off the chain in terms of the closeness and coming down to the wire. This one actually going to overtime. The previous two against Iowa did not go to overtime. Um, So I'm trying to remember last year. Okay, so last year they played Iowa senior night. The year before that, it was was Nebraska, so nobody cares about that. And then, so yeah, last last three senior night games against teams that, that are relevant. Yeah, uh, they ended up pulling this one out. Uh, had a nine-point lead, couldn't put them away, even though you know Michigan had one timeout. Uh, gave up a 10-0 run. Buffkin, of course, hits back-to-back threes because you know Illinois loves doing that for people. Uh, there was that stretch with the goaltendings that was kind of Dickinson might have had one. Coleman definitely didn't goaltend. Um, RJ basket interference. <laughs> RJ basket interference wasn't called. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you're up seven with like 230 left, and you go Meyer ISO T TJ ISO. Uh, and then Jet hits a three because Meyer doesn't close out on him or he tries to guard somebody trying to get a two. Um, just lucky that you know Michigan missed some shots down the stretch and and Illinois pulled it off. So uh Jay, what's going on? How you doing today? Crypto, what's up? How are you guys? Uh, big Illinois win, so hope you all are having a good day. It is stop. It stopped snowing here in central Illinois, so that's good. It's annoying as hell. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, Jay says zebras were god awful. Game should have never went to overtime. Yeah, they're they're bad. Uh, it, it it always evens itself out. It's Three top twenty five guys yeah. on Ken Bomb. Yeah. Roger Ayers is sixth. Uh, our guy Larry Sherado uh, is 18th, and DJ Carson's is 24th. Smug little guy, isn't he? Sorry. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you're right. Nobody cares about him. Uh, speaking of which, if you look at uh, the Missouri Valley tournament right now, the coach for Indiana State, Jesus, that guy's short. Anyway, n- nothing, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Just yeah. uh, an observation. This game was two hours and 38 minutes long. So, yeah. Not bad. And, uh, uh, how do I interpret this information? Question mark. Last updated March second, nine fifty p.m. EST. That's I'm reading the very bottom of the Ken Palm box score for everybody here. Since I already named the refs and the rankings and the length of the game, finished off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. How about players of the game? How's that sound? Yeah, your pick's ridiculous. I'm going with Matthew Meyer. What do you mean ridiculous? You picked him like sixty four times. This I year. picked him when he actually earns it. He wasn't that. How good. did he not earn it? 39 minutes, he is 8 for 20, 4 of 11 from 3, right around his 36%, 4 of 7 from the line, 24 points, 7 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block, no turnovers for Matthew Meyer. Uh, He hit a big 3 to start uh, the second overtime. He actually took every shot in the second overtime, except for the last one uh, where TJ took that 3, ended up getting his own rebound, um, and then sealing it with uh, some free throws, I think. Is that what happened? I don't know. I know this game was yeah. over six beers long. That's all I know. So. Yeah, uh, Meyer probably gave up twenty five points on his on the defensive end. Let's be <laughs> he may have. Um, he may have. Uh, you know, I, I'm still not a big fan of the ISO ball. Like I said, it, it was basically Meyer, Shannon, whoever was going. I felt like Shannon did a better job of dumping off 
Well, um, the Brad noted that... Brad very notably said in the post game that that was a great pass by Shannon when he passed it to uh, when he was driving, kicked it out to Meyer. Meyer was wide open. I wide can't believe he missed that. Yeah, yeah, he missed he missed three threes in overtime. The last one being wide open. Um, it was literally just give Matthew Meyer the ball, uh, and that's all we're gonna do. So, um, <clears throat> but he did uh, stop the 10-0 run that Michigan went on uh, late in the game. Uh, he uh, went one on one with Dickinson and got to the basket, made it, and then of course got fouled on that three point attempt. And he actually made all th- all three threes. Call so, for a flop. Uh, he was called for a flop on one too. Yep. So uh, probably could have been called for it multiple times, but but the biggest flop of the game was Dickinson, and it wasn't called. That's true. That's true. It was actually called a foul on Hawkins. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I did put. Uh, please stop saying you're the best defender uh, because the one time you let Jet go straight to the basket and dunk it, and then the other one was late in the game. Uh, let Jet hit that three because he decided to go cover a guy that was going for a layup. And, uh, you know, two points when you're up three is a lot better than three points when you're up three, if I had to, had to guess. And I think Underwood noted that in the post game. I think he did talk about it, yes. Um, Jay said, RJ seems to be turning it around. Driving to the basket is the key for him and pretty much everyone on this squad. Yeah, that was a big emphasis this game, you could tell. I think Illinois only took 18 threes. Yep. RJ had the highest 11 of them. RJ had the highest offensive rating on the team last night. Uh, Bergie says, Oh no, for some reason. I don't know. Maybe because I picked Meyer. Sure. Uh, Zach says, loved everything about Ty's play last night, but not putting up the last second shot is disqualifying as a pod candidate. I don't know. I mean, I maybe thought there was an extra second freshman mistake. Uh, Ties if Ty shoots that from 20 feet, it probably flies into the stands. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, um also there's no doubt in my mind that this whole monster energy thing was just to get an NIL deal. He literally posed with two of them. He had them sitting there in the post game. Um, Matt said, uh, quote, no monsters today, still in recovery. It's a great product. You just need to drink it responsibly. They DM me after the game and commented on my post. And uh, and a big one to this is Underwood said, uh, quote, he didn't tell me that, that it was caffeine poisoning. Uh, I knew he was sick and didn't feel well, but it's kind of hard to make some of that stuff up. I just said, why? <laughs> and then he said, he's interesting. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, didn't even tell the coach that he had caffeine poisoning. But that's I mean, what... Brad, Brad could not deal with this for four years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I but I I mean Meyer like I said I I gave him the player of the game because of his play in the second overtime basically carried Illinois to victory there. Um, this last quote is BS. Yeah, uh, I, I knew you. I only put this in because I knew you'd enjoy it so much. Uh, Matt said, "Quote tonight was one of the best environments I've been in. Illinois has one of the best fan bases I've ever seen. It's probably unparalleled. I feel very blessed to play in this building for so many games." That's great, but like I feel like <laughs> at this point, I think the orange captivates people. I really do. The color orange, how much of it is around? Yeah. I think it's a captivating color. Yeah, and like my big thing is is when Illinois was going on that run, 
That that was some of the best basketball we've seen Illinois play. And and it's like Michigan makes one basket and everybody just sits down. Like you as fans, you gotta be up and and in that spot to put a team away that has no time that has one timeout left. You know they're not gonna use it, they can't use it. Um seemed like the side of the building that didn't have the orange crush on it was the ones getting yeah. into the game late. Yeah, I mean, sure. Well, the lady who sits front row on the other side was turning around. Going she was like the one getting them up. Getting I agree. Up. I agree. I mean, it wasn't, orange, wasn't uh, that orange bitch. Was it wasn't that bitch Kilton and his crew. That guy's a <laughs> going hard at him. We'll, we'll go. We'll go at him later. But that uh, guy is a bitch. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody thinks about the term bitch. I think that guy's a bitch. I don't know if anybody else agrees. If you see what you see on Twitter, I don't think the comments on my end are popping up right now. So I don't know what anybody's saying on YouTube, but that guy, I don't see anything. Nobody's saying anything. Okay. Cause I think the Bergie thing, the Bergie and Zach uh, Hinkle comments showed up real late for me from when you got. Yeah. That's all right. Um, Yeah. Your player of the game. You know, I've, I've wanted to give it to Ty Rogers in certain games and I haven't. Um, So I think this is a good game to do it. Uh, 33 minutes. Quite quite a few minutes. I don't know where that ranks in terms of his most minutes of the season. I, don't I think it's up there uh, because I usually have this pulled up, but I printed my information for today's episode really just a really? little, little bit more professionalism. Uh, um, his most minutes before that was Northwest, Northwestern with 30 minutes. He played 28 against Ohio State and 33 against. So the last three he's played 30, 28, 33. Um, played 17 against Minnesota, and then he was 27 and 26 against Indiana and Penn State. So, yeah, Ty Rogers is going to play 25 plus minutes a game from here on out. No doubt in my mind. Uh, six for nine from the field, <clears throat> two for three from the free throw line. Don't let him get hot at the line. I think he's what, uh, <laughs> five, five for seven? No. Yeah. Yeah. No. That, that one he missed was brutal. But... Five for eight? Yeah. No. Four for four for seven. <laughs> two for four last game, two for three this game. Yep. Jesus, that took a long time. Four for seven. 14 points, seven rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block, two turnovers. Point God. I know they say that about CP3, but Ty <laughs> Rogers, point yeah. God. Let he's him cre- do it. creeping up to 40% from the line. He's at 37.9. So Here we go. There. He's getting there. Yeah. Um, Ty, Ty was Ty. He just he does everything. Uh Got to play the point, which, you know, people have questioned. I questioned it at the beginning of the season. I will never question it again. Um, the way he can get to the paint, uh, control the game that way is is really nice. <clears throat> um, Meyer said of Ty, he said, quote, Ty's been huge. Everybody knows he is a great rebounder. He had five offensive rebounds tonight out of seven. He is a selfless rebounder. He will let other guys get defensive rebounds, and he's fighting after extra possessions for us. He is the definition of a team player, plus 16, which was by far the highest. Uh, his impact is huge, and everybody knows it. So, That's right. Yeah, oh, nice try. Oh. I love those people in the Facebook group earlier in the season being like, well, Ty Rodgers doesn't even do anything. Yeah, and the way he's come on this second half of the season is has been really impressive. I think uh, it was actually directly after – 
people were saying that on Facebook. And then his mom left that Facebook group. And then I think that was right before the Nebraska game, the first Nebraska game where he had a great game. And ever since then, it's been, okay, here we go. Yeah. And and I don't really – I actually – I would actually say I hate the idea of Illinois having a starting lineup with no point guard. Um, I don't know, like, can you get away with that every time? I don't know. Like, you, you're starting, what, uh, – three wings, a point forward, and a center. It, it doesn't really make any sense to me. I think that what makes more sense is swapping tie-in for Dane Danger if you want to go that route, which they won't Sunday, but or swapping RJ out for, for Ty Rogers. And I think a huge key, and we'll get to this later on Sunday, will be what are you going to get from Dane and is Coleman going to have to guard the center again, which I think he will. And I think that it's probably better that way because if you, I think Ant Wright said this on Twitter last night, or I heard him say somewhere like Coleman Hawkins is a way smarter defender than Dane yeah. Danger. Like it's not yeah. even close. Yeah. So. Well, he doesn't, I mean, it doesn't slide like two of Dane's three fouls were slapping. So at the stupid. Um, on Matthew Meyer, I don't like, I don't delve into people's like backstories or whatever. It, why weren't his parents at senior night? I don't <laughs> they know. Already went to one. I don't know. Um, Underwood Underwood said of Ty, uh, he said, "quote Ty's really good and he can guard multiple positions. He's a great screener. He's a great cutter. Um, two things that nobody else does on the team. So it's nice to see him doing that. Uh, to go along with his rebounding and his passing, trying to get him in dribble up post ups." And post-ups, I love him coming off ball screens because he's such a good passer. He's always under control. He never gets sped up. I don't know about that, but it seems like when he has the ball, he's he's not as sped up as he is on defense, so I understand. Um, he has been really, really good. Really, really good. I feel really good about him coming off of our bench. So do not expect Ty Rogers in the starting lineup. Um, stupid. Yeah, I think it's okay. No, it's not. Okay. okay. What I have a problem with is not starting a point guard. And then you start a completely worthless guy at the five right now, which is what Dane is. He had a good start to this game, but then that's didn't true. So would you rather have Ty start over Dane? Is that what you're saying? Yes. That's what I said like two minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. I was looking up Ty Ro- or uh, Matthew Myers parents. So <laughs> yeah. My bad. All right. Uh, Coleman Hawkins. Somebody Uh, should ask Matthew himself. We did not give Coleman Hawkins the player of the game, but uh, I think Brad Underwood would have if uh, he could have. 49 minutes. Three of nine from the field. uh, Missed his only free throw. Six points, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals, one turnover. So in 49 minutes, one turnover. I will take that from Coleman Hawkins. Also, the fact that he didn't shoot a three. I will take that from Coleman Hawkins. I think that Brad has maybe said, okay, these guys can shoot threes. Nobody else can. It, it seems like it. Um, Four guys took threes last night. Yeah. Right right out the gate, uh, Coleman tried to take a step back that he airballed. Um, he also had that weird hook, baby hook thing. Um, so offensively, he wasn't spectacular. Where he did shine was the defense, especially down the stretch. Um, had a big stop against uh, Dickinson to go into overtime and Dickinson got 31 points and 16 rebounds. But the way that Coleman played to, to force him to make for Dickinson to go left so hard um, was huge down the stretch. 
Um, and, and like you said, Ant Wright said, he he's just a very high IQ player. Um, Underwood's talked about it all year. When you hear Coleman talk, you can tell that he's a high IQ player. And, and he's a guy that, you know, he will read scouting reports. Uh, there was one play where he was – who was he – he was mad at Sincere because Coleman missed the shot and Sincere – I think Ty Rogers tried to save it to Sincere, and then he, Coleman was mad at the other guys. I don't know. I don't know what that's all about. Drives me nuts, but – Yeah, it's great. Uh, Dickinson, I would hope, could get 30 points in 45 minutes when they're going to him that much. So I don't think it's a surprise. Also, he was only two away from his career high, I believe. Almost had it. Almost had a few career high guys because Buffkin had 23. I think his career high was, what, like 28, and it was against Wisconsin. So two guys got close. Uh, But it was a very hard have to work for 31 and 16 for Dickinson. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's what they uh, – Coleman played hard on him. Uh, Berge said Brad doesn't realize Matt is a little out there. No, I think he realizes it. Uh, Flag boy, what's going on? He says Matt has no parents. He's an AI exper- experiment. Could be. Uh, ACG, what's going on? Uh, Ty Rogers and Sincere Harris make me want to run through a brick wall. They definitely bring the energy. I think the whole team had energy this game, though. Um, he also says loved how RJ played as well. Um, and that wasn't goaltending. Jay says, if Rogers develops a jump shot, jump, jump shot, hello, NBA draft. Yeah, that's great. Moving on. Um, I mean, well, <laughs> he's right. I think the most important year one to year two development for any player on this team will be Ty Rogers. Uh, I think he'll probably start next year, depending on what they, what they get in the backcourt. Yeah. I think well, he could probably start one through three anyway, maybe we even one through four. Yeah, I I definitely think that he starts. Um and I like I think if Sincere can can develop a better three point shot, I, Illinois is gonna be fun to watch uh with these guys. So uh Underwood said of Hawkins uh quote it's always nice to win on senior night but this game to me was about Coleman Hawkins. The minutes played wrestling with wrestling at times with Hunter we played small ball, quote, small ball with our 6'11 point guard. 6'10. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we build a big lead with him. His IQ, his feel, his ability to switch, rip drive, do some things, did that. In my opinion, some other guys have some better lines, but Coleman Hawkins was absolutely a huge, huge factor. I think almost anybody that played has a better line than Coleman from last night, but – that's I don't know why he would bring that up, uh, because he's very Coleman. He, he's been saying it all year. Coleman's Coleman's game's not stat line. Yeah, so you don't even have to say that. Just, you're talking about his defense anyway. I mean, that's true. Uh, ACG you know, is excited about Drake Gibbs Lawhorn. I mean, who is like Ethan? Um, DGL is going to be an All American. Brady said Coleman's constant whining on the court makes my skin crawl. I am uh, I am fully taking the we take Coleman Hawkins for granted route right now. I think um, okay, and maybe he'll be back next year. I hey, is it weird they didn't stands. walk? I don't I, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I still don't think that that's going to be a determining factor. I don't think he's going to sit there and be like, "Well, I'm not going to go because I didn't walk." Well, I and nobody knows about nil money and and what he's making, but I'm guessing that he's he could make more coming back to Illinois than he could as a yeah. 
late second round draft pick next year. Probably, probably. So, and they apparently started some new group that's raised $1.5 million already. I don't know. So, uh, Terrence Shannon Jr., 44 minutes, 4 of 14 from the field, 0 for 5 from 3. Uh, maybe Brad can tell him to stop shooting threes a little bit, Brad. Um, 13 for 16 from the free throw line, 21 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 2 turnovers. Um, he was he was good down the stretch of the of the regulation and in overtime. So it was nice to see, you know, Terrence Shannon do some things, Matthew Meyer do some things. Those guys can do some things together. Um, Illinois can be really good. Brad talked about it in the post game about, you know, that's what they built the team for. So um Terrence Shannon uh said, quote, we can be great once me and Matt get going. It opens it up for our other teammates. So when we drive, we can kick kick out or hit our teammates on the back doors, which I thought Terrence Shannon did good. He had a nice one to RJ. Um, he had a nice one to Ty. RJ, of course, didn't finish. Um, Ty did with a nice reverse layup. Um, and uh, he said, but our teammates know me and Matt are our primary scorers, and we just run offense through us. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, you know. Shannon 0 for 8 last two games from 3 after being 4 for 5 against Northwestern. Yeah, he's one of those guys that, like, when he's feeling it, it's really good. When he's not, it is really bad. Airball City. Well, he took he took that one contested one where he tried to get a foul. He took another deep one, which for no reason early in the shot clock. Um he did wear uh, Jaden Epps' jersey during warm-ups. I just thought I'd throw this in there. Um, he said, quote, I look at Jaden like a little brother. I told my teammates, let's get this win for Jay. He ain't out like he ain't out like nothing bad or anything. I just wanted the I just wanted his presence to be there. I saw him and shoot around and I was happy to see him. So uh, I don't think Jaden was actually at the game, but he was at shoot around. Uh it sounds like you know it's a concussion. They're just kind of seeing what's going on from there. So, so uh, Shannon is second on the team in three point percentage. If you take away Sky Clark, which I think you kind of have to because he hasn't been here for two months, thirty two percent is second on the team. That's not it's not great. He's uh, missed ninety seven threes, forty six for one forty three. So second by Meyer, who's 36%. I think a great team that makes a deep run in this era of college basketball probably needs like a 38-plus percent three-point shooter. I think that would help. I mean, I'm not comparing this team to Baylor from two years ago, but Baylor from two years ago with Matthew Meyer had like five guys, 40%. This team is not even close to that. Yeah. Um, ACG says, not sure if you guys have gone over it already, but a huge point for this game was driving to the lane. We have to do that to be successful. Otherwise, we won't go far. Uh, yeah, I mean, Brad kind of talked about, you know, not shooting as many threes. The thing is, like, the guy, Michigan is not very good at guarding guys going to the lane, I guess. Um, teams have, have stopped Illinois from going to the lane and that's when they just decide, okay, we're just going to chuck threes. They got to get it through their mind that you got to go to the basket regardless. Um, and that's when, when the ball was moving, guys were moving. That's when Illinois looked their best. Um, and they had, definitely have to continue to do that. They're, they're not a good three point shooting team. 
besides Matthew Meyer, everybody else just probably shouldn't shoot him. I Underwood did say something about RJ can shoot him, but other than that, uh, one for one last night, right? Yeah, Bergy said best condition athlete in the conference. Coleman is. I I agree. It, that's impressive to play forty nine minutes. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you play? Uh, four minute, four minute intervals in farm league. Uh, I think it depends on the what score you're going to. <laughs> Plus, I usually I, every other possession I'll just walk down on offense. I don't, you know, it's half court offense. I don't need to be running up and down the floor. Uh, I mean, it was kind of funny to see the contrast. I know how much more Dickinson weighs than than Coleman, but Dickinson just looked dead out there. Forty five minutes. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I get you know for for somebody who's uh, 6'10", 225 to play forty nine, sure, and also he's played a ton of minutes all year. I mean, you look at the uh, the minutes played by game for him; it's probably up there with anybody in the Big Ten at least. I mean, he's playing he's played thirty five plus minutes in like a lot of games this year. So yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean, the good I mean, thing yeah, is that they don't they don't need to rely on him for offense. I think that's a big reason why he could play so many minutes. That's true. Not trying out their score. No, no. Every once in a while he'll try, but um, it's not overly abundant like the other two guys. Uh, ACG has a hot take. He says, we'll be a top 10 three-point shooting team in the tournament. Well, I mean, if they play one game and they shoot 80% and lose, I guess. Easily. <laughs> uh, Zach says, shocked Michigan didn't drive, clog driving lanes the way OSU did seems so easy to stop us when you do that's what i'm saying like like michigan's not the best at playing defense so do they just but, freelance out there i feel like it feels like that but i don't know if that's actually true yeah i mean they they threw some zone at illinois and stuff um but i think that uh the the ball movement and guys moving and and what ty rogers can do with setting screens screens for other guys um I think that plays a big part in it. You saw against Ohio State how they stood around a lot. Um, they definitely didn't do that this game. Um, Underwood said of Terrence Shannon and all the ISOs they ran for him, uh, another great Brad quote, uh, you dance with with who brought you to the dance. Clearly. What happened? Yeah. You ever been to a dance, Ethan? Uh, man, I don't know. <laughs> don't really have time for that bullshit. Uh, Jake uh, says, if Kansas is the one and Illinois is the eight, which team is more worried about the Illinois. potential game? I. What do you mean? We dominated them. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing with Kansas. They don't really have a big man, and Bill Self teams usually have that. Like David McCormick wasn't like the most elite center in the country last year, but he was good rim protector, and they won a national championship. So I feel like. If Illinois, with how good Illinois is in the paint, I mean, maybe they could score on Kansas easily and then rely on Jalen Wilson or Grady Dick having an off game, but that's way too far ahead of ourselves. I still think Illinois could play their way into a seven seed if they win that Sunday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And even if an eight at an eight nine, I guess, you know, you take your chance. What if they, what if they lose Sunday and they get to like the championship game? Probably seven. seven. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's at Purdue. I mean, that's you can lose that game. Nobody's going to care. Uh, also, this is interesting, I think, is I think that most one, two, or three seeds will be more scared of playing Illinois than Illinois would be of playing them because there's a lot of – like the narrative around the country about this team is still all about 
We don't know what they are. They're so talented. They might be the most talented team in the country. All yeah. this stuff. I don't know if all of that's really true at this point, but I there, still think that teams view them that way. There haven't been a lot of games where you've had Matthew Meyer and Terrence Shin Jr. having really good games. I mean, like I, I know it's double overtime, but 21-24 from those two. I don't know. Has there been a game where they both scored 20 yet? Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, the closest I can think of off the top of my head is Texas, but that was Shannon at 16. He didn't really do anything until overtime, and Meyer had 21. Yeah. Uh, you kind of have to correlate it with Meyer's games because usually he's been scoring, you know, overall less than Shannon all season, but uh, Wisconsin had to be close, maybe. Nope, never mind. Shannon had six. Okay. What the hell happened there? <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm determined to find this. I really am. Um, Indiana when Meyer had 24, Shannon didn't play. Uh, Minnesota Meyer had 22, Shannon didn't play. It wouldn't have counted anyway. You're gonna have to go back to like Eastern Illinois or something. Meyer played 16 minutes against Eastern Illinois. I know. I'm just saying, like, you're gonna have to go back. Here's a close one: Alabama A&M Meyer 21, Shannon 18. That's there damn close. That probably is the closest that I'm going to be able to get. So that sounds right. Yeah. All right. Uh, RJ Melendez, 32 minutes, three of six from the field, one of one from the three. Uh, He was perfect from the line, five for five, 12 points, four rebounds, two assists, no turnovers from RJ. Uh, Once again, playing good defense. Uh, I thought a big play was Ty actually got credit for the rebound, but Hawkins missed, missed the shot. RJ tap, tapped it to Ty. Ty put it up. Um, I thought that was a big play from RJ. Um, he had a big posterization of Dickinson, as much as Michigan fans want to say that wasn't a posterization. A big net grabbing as well. It been, he did have a nice net grab. Um, the three that he took, he looked very comfortable. Like, that's the most comfortable. Like, when he took that, I felt like it was going in just because he caught it in rhythm and he shot it and, and just wasn't thinking. Um, so, uh, and, and his defense continues to be really good too. So that, that's one thing that RJ has continued to do is play good defense. Um, if the offense can keep coming, they keep attacking more. I don't know if I like RJ attacking all the time, because I don't think he's good unless it's kind of, uh, on a fast break, something like that. I think when the defense is set, I don't, I don't know if I like RJ attacking as much. He was ready to hit that dunk on an alley-oop from Ty Rogers, but they ran out of time. Yeah. Should have been an alley-oop. I don't know why he just passed him. Just toss mm-hmm. that up there. Maybe get lucky. Yeah. Uh, Dane wanted an alley-oop from Ty Rogers, too. So I don't know if they listened to Brad, but sure. Um, uh, Terrence Shannon said of RJ, he said, quote, RJ is one of the best shooters and best wings in the country. Seeing him getting out in transition, dunking the ball on Hunter, making open threes. That put a big smile on my face. I thought this might have been an Underwood quote. They love each know. other. This the, this team loves each other. Remember when they lost? When Underwood lost the whole the whole team? It's nice. Locker rooms out of here. One guy that did not look happy last night: Dane Danger. Seventeen minutes, four of seven from the field. He had eight points. I believe that his first eight points were all within the first eight minutes of the game. Four rebounds, two steals, one block, two turnovers. Um, they made it a point to go to him early. He had a, a fadeaway jump hook that was in and out, uh, had a nice one at the rim, had a dunk. 
took Dickinson to the hole one time, and then he slaps a guy, gets his third foul, and you never see him again. So, no reason why Dane can't have a big summer and be really, really good next year. I still think that could be something yeah. that happens. I mean, it sounds like they're still going to rely on him in the Purdue game. We'll get to that when we talk well, about Well, I think Purdue, you have but, to. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I understand why you took him out and never played him again. But on the other hand, I guess I don't. So, well, uh, Illinois made that big run. I think that was probably a big part of it. You can't have Coleman fouling out against Purdue. That's why they're going to use him against Purdue. Uh, do you know how to get Big Ten Plus for free? Uh, yeah, pay $12. <laughs> Big Ten Plus sucks. <laughs> I, I don't know how to get it. Um, and it, I bought it for the girls' games, but I bought it for the early games too. But yeah, 12 bucks. I think it's 12 bucks. I don't know. Um, sincere, 22 minutes, one of five. Two points, three rebounds, one steal, zero turnovers. I did not realize that he shot five times. Surprising, yeah. Were they all breakaway layups that he got blocked? I think that's possible, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I he had a huge rebound in overtime. I think it was on uh, Dickinson's missed free throw, maybe. Um and he did get just absolutely murdered going to the basket again with no call. So, uh, sincere's he was kind of seemed fuzzy for a little bit, you know, another con concussion. Um, Brady says to get a fire stick and get it illegally, not condoning, not condoning. Um, Luke Goody, 12 minutes, one of two, oh, for one from three, two for two from the line, four points, four rebounds, one steal. He didn't have any turnovers either. Um, I, I do like Luke's tenacity on this team. Um, he comes in, he plays hard. Takes four uh, or five rebounds away from his sometimes teammates. Sometimes he plays too to hard. Yeah, sometimes he plays too hard and knocks it out of his own teammates' hands during rebounds. I uh, got on the floor, got that jump ball, um, went to the basket and kind of chucked one up and got a foul call, got to the line. So Luke still kind of feels like he's – getting his game back. I think we should maybe talk about the sincere concussion thing real quick. Cause there was a lot of people talking about that on Twitter. Uh, I think the reply, the top reply that I saw from that was that sincere gets a career ending injury every other game. Yeah. From what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. So. That's, that's true. Um, the one basket that uh, Goody did make, I put this on here. Um, and I put, quote, this is what I think he was thinking. Oh, shit, that landed in my hands. I better put it up. Because yeah. he hesitated like two or three seconds. And, and also, would, would would Illinois really, after what happened this week with Epps, would they really have put Sincere back in without knowing that it wasn't a concussion? I mean, come on. Yeah. There's, yeah, no, you know, there's no way. I think they definitely checked him out, for sure. Well, he left for a minute, right? So Yeah, I'm sure that he went through all the protocol to – yeah, so let's relax right. before we start trying to sue Illinois or something. <laughs> How do they always get? They need to start wearing helmets, I guess. Uh, that might be the, that might be the move, but then somebody's going to break a hand on a helmet or something. And yeah, disaster. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Lee played two minutes, had no stats uh, besides running around like a giraffe that didn't know how to play defense. So. Maybe yeah, he's he's legit he's breakout legit. player. 
Yeah. Breakout. Uh, he, you'll be seeing him uh, on Sunday, I'm sure, at some point, right? Oh, yeah, he's got to play. Dane, Dane's going to have four fouls in the first seven minutes, and we're going to get lots of leave time. I so, would say leave is one of the top 250 screeners in college basketball. Yeah, I, I sure. love the way leave screens on on offense. Um, and I think that, you know, Edie is a guy that Lieb could, I'm not going to say handle, Dominate. But, but Edie's not a guy that's going to pop out and knock a three down or, you know, somebody you have to worry about like that. So I heard that BBV was going to be transferring back for this game and then he, going back to South Carolina. Edie? Yeah, we, we could use him, I think. Um, Do you guys remember when Matt Painter had Jaden Ivey, Zach Eady, and Trevion Williams and didn't get to the Elite Eight and <laughs> lost a 15-seed St. Peter's who – that might be the biggest size advantage in the history of a tournament. Like St. Peter's was tiny and they beat them. That just, it's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. And that is why people don't trust Painter. I think right there. Yeah. That's why um, I told you Purdue would be the most vulnerable one seed. I don't even know if they deserve a one seed right now, but I, I would give it to UCLA. I think the only, the only thing right keeping now. Purdue in the one seed conversation is number one, the big 10 is better than the PAC 12. And also Purdue they has they didn't lose a non-conference game. Purdue has Marquette, Marquette, West Virginia, Gonzaga, Duke, all yeah. four in a row in non-conference. I think that's saving them. Because in the Big Ten, really only impressive win is is Maryland and Maryland you, on the road <clears throat> stinks. Do you think if Purdue played those teams now, do you think that they'd beat all of them? No, I think Gonzaga would beat them. I think yeah. Marquette might beat them. I don't think West Virginia or Duke would beat them, though. Yeah. I agree. Um, other notes and quotes. Uh, rebounds were 46-45 Michigan, but Illinois had 12 offensive boards. So after uh, only getting one in the first half the last game, I'm sure that Brad made that a point to crash the boards. Uh, I thought it was interesting today. I think I saw it on Twitter, and then I looked it up while, we were, while I was going over things. There were only 17 assists on 61 made shots in this game. That tells you how these teams play. Yeah. Um, Illinois with only seven turnovers, only 18 threes. Um, Underwood was asked uh, if that was the focus moving forward here, which I think that's been Brad's focus the whole time is not to shoot 29 threes. But uh, Underwood said, quote, yeah, without giving out uh, too much. And I'm really good with Matt shooting 11 of them. He's he's a mid high, mid to high 30s, low 40s type of guy. I still believe RJ's there. <clears throat> I still believe in RJ. There's no doubt about that. I want him to shoot when he's open. So green light is Matthew Meyer and RJ Melendez. RJ 25%, 22 for 86. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a mid 25% guy. So. <laughs> um and then uh I I pulled the Illini at Illini stats. If you're not following him on Twitter, uh go follow him. Um they put these out yesterday. Illinois is the most winning team. Hold on, hold on. Oh, what? Most winningness or winningest? Winningest. Most winningest. I don't winningest. know. What's that say? Illinois is the winningest team over the last four years, is what that should say, right? I think it said most winning. I just took the tweet, bro. Most winning. That doesn't really it's a calculate double, for double, me. Double, 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 double,
Illinois is the winningest team over the last four years with 55 conference wins. Uh, and Iowa is the only team over the last four years that has had no seasons under 500. So Illinois and Iowa, the only two Im- teams. improv there from you. Thank you. Yep. Did I, I very, really, very Steve Carell esque. Are you okay? You took the words there and you flipped them around instead I of did. saying finished. Uh, I mean, above I don't have to, do I have to read it exactly how it says? No, I just, there's nice improv. Thank you. Thank you. Um, they have four straight 20 win seasons uh, for Brad. Uh, so all the people that say fire Brad, shut up. Um, Jeremy Warner asked about um, having 20 win seasons four times in a row. Brad Underwood answered, quote, consistency. Great programs have consistency. I'll be honest with you. This year's means a lot more to keep our culture. It's keeping the culture. Yeah, this is definitely the hardest one, I think, to get there. I agree. Um, because and they had a tough, tough non-conference schedule. What percentage? Yeah, a couple of them. What but. percentage of scoring did they lose from last season? Isn't it like eighty something? Eighty-six percent. Yeah, I believe so, is what it was. Yeah. So if you can turn, I, I mean, but hey, if you if you look at Saint Dominic and the watch party last night, Bruce Weber's first four seasons were better, not even close. So I guess that steals the <laughs> deal right there. Should have fired Brad, huh? That's true. That's true. Um, they also posted that Illinois was 15 and two at home this year. Um, they won their last six, had a 0.882 winning percentage at the State Farm Center this season, which is the best home winning percentage since 05 06 when they went 15 and one. I mean, their home schedule was pretty easy. They had two very avoidable. They they could have easily not lost to uh, Penn State at home and Indiana, but whatever. It's kind of weird that both of their home losses were by 15 points. Yeah. A couple games that they weren't even in it. And then you look at the close ones where they took over down the stretch. I don't think this game is that, but Northwestern, they came back. Minnesota, they held on, even though that game shouldn't have been as close as it was. Rutgers, they took over. Nebraska, they took over. Ohio State, they took over. Michigan State, they took over. Wisconsin, they took over. I mean, those are just kind of the same exact games at home. And then remember, we're quite a ways away from uh, Alabama A&M going on like an 18-2 to run against Illinois in <laughs> December. That's true. So, And that Alabama A&M team uh, is 13-17, and 17, so <clears throat> they're not the best. Were both home losses AM games? Uh, Penn State was eleven AM, and so was Indiana. Indiana was seven PM or eight PM. It was like a Thursday. Oh yeah, I'm thinking Indiana at Indiana was yeah. eleven AM game. Yeah. So nice try there by uh, by Brady. That's our sponsor. Don't talk shit to our sponsor. I wasn't. I just said nice try. It's a good attempt. <laughs> All right, your turn. Because I didn't write this. Well, I just, you're the one who sent me the post. I didn't even notice that I had a response from this <laughs> Kilton fella early until I looked at whatever you sent me. So I don't really understand. Like, like in this day and age, if you're going to pretend to lead anything or be a leader of anything, you got to be able to take the heat. I mean, come on. You got to be able to handle things. <clears throat> yeah. Um, one of the accounts that I follow on Twitter uh, said that the Orange Crush reached out to him and asked him to remove a post that he oh, made. Like- God, like, um, come on. Yeah. So, um, and then, uh, you know, Ethan had to go after the crush. Uh, old Kilton said that. What do you say to you? Okay. So here's, here's what happened. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Num- tell, number tell one, people what happened. number one, the war with the crush is far from over at this point. 
Uh, I love that they said that your whole account is dedicated. That to makes no sense. Crush. I don't even know who said that. Yeah. And I like how Kilton's got his little army of college douchebag kids liking all of his tweets. Because <laughs> if you look at the likes of those tweets, it's all those little preppy douchebags that go to Illinois. <laughs> of course. Uh, so the Barstool line I tweeted, thanks to the Nuggets and tagged Hunter Dickinson. By the way, Terrence Shannon was on round ball with Dickinson yesterday. So what the hell is he going on there but not here? And Dickinson was like, yeah, uh, we're going to try to take away his left hand. Uh, that's what everybody <laughs> does, though. So I loved the video that uh, they were sharing that he literally looked like he was crying because they haven't beat us. So What can you do? Uh, so they yeah. said, thanks for the Nuggets. And I said, this is all the Orange Crush cares about sick. And also, I don't even remember tweeting that. Like, I think I might have been <laughs> hacked there. I really don't. Because that, that was during the game. I don't remember tweeting anything during the game. But it was kind of a joke. You know, like I said, sick at the end. Like, yeah. I'm not being that serious. And this guy, you are the worst, period, truly, is this Kilton guy who <laughs> claims to be some sort of leader. Uh and his little minions, 10 likes, uh, this guy, Illini 23, Illini 21, Illini Senior. Illini, like all these guys that go to Illinois liking these tweets. That's funny. Uh, they're um, all Orange Crush members, obviously. Well, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Well, no shit. Uh, this this Danger SZN guy, by the way, uh, Danger is not going to be your friend. You don't have to make his your name or your Twitter name his name. That's kind of creepy. Uh, he said, quote, this is great English. Uh, quote, bro dedicated his whole account to hating on Crush, L-M-A-O, which is like, I think I have, let's see. Okay, so this is also this is a podcast account. It's not my account. It's That's not my true. personal account. That's I have 7,500 7, tweets on there. I would bet like 20 of them are about the Crush, maybe. Yeah. Maybe less. And, and it all started this year. Yeah. So. And, then, and then I responded to him saying that I was the worst. And I said, uh, no, you are, exclamation point. <laughs> Very uh, adult of you. <laughs> it was a joke, obviously. I mean, this guy's taking everything so seriously. He wants people to take things down on Twitter. How big of a pansy do you have to be to do that? What are you, a politician? What do you think, you're some sort of real leader? You lead a student section that has completely fallen apart in terms of how good they are, how relevant they are, how much people like them, to where I think a lot of the Illini fan base probably agrees with me with where the Orange Crush. Well, is. that's a, like I my I sent it to my buddies, of course, uh, and uh, my buddies said, "Shouldn't you guys like be like in cahoots with the Orange? Shouldn't you like them?" And I said, "I I said this is Ethan's thing." Well, I said, wh- would, "I said what? I said, but it's funny because he's not the only one that thinks this. I mean, there there's a contention out there." That thinks that the orange crush is not any good. So also, also this Kilton dipshit. Uh, well, you know, uh, whenever the at witty remarks is the one that you sent me the the boys and girls girls club yeah. for otters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whenever he said, if you're being a tool or whatever, or no, he said the tweet that he said was something about being a tool, right? Yeah. Uh, if you want to flip off Juwan Howard repeatedly while wearing a muck fishing shirt, yeah. From seats, you clearly made an effort to get. I'm not here to kink shame. Uh, <laughs> kind of weird to be upset about being seen, and then and then this killed guy is being a tool? Question mark. Come on, man. Seems highly extreme. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, if you're standing behind Juwan Howard in a muck fishigan shirt and you're throwing him the double birds, and you get caught on TV, and somebody wants to post it on Twitter, 
Don't do it in the first place. It's 2023, and this guy's mad about the word tool. But I might not get a job in two years, sir. God. And then uh, you look at the responses here. David Dudley, probably a burner account, but he has actually probably not just some old guy that probably doesn't tweet very much. He's been on Twitter for 11 years. No way this is a burner. Seriously, <laughs> that's really Bush League by the Orange Crush. You guys used to be fun. Great way to put it. Uh, what are we? I mean, what are we doing here? Okay, what are we doing? <laughs> It's just it's 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 insane how soft all of this is. Twenty twenty three, dude. Everybody's soft. And if that's rubbing off on the orange crush, we are screwed. And they should <laughs> let me lead. Let me lead <laughs> away. I need to bring you in for a game. Show them how it's. I done. mean, I, w- I I I wanted to offer this Kilton guy to come on the podcast, but he's probably in like, you know, some sort of bullshit class right now. That he's pretending to be in. <laughs> so Get some good interviews when they pretended to be the boys and girls club so i mean just insane like what like what it's like you're never gonna fix anything it's like so it's so representative of the people that claim to be in my generation where if you get criticized or somebody says you're not doing something right or the or or like well you just instantly turn it back on them yeah. And then you act like, well, you know, why are you doing, why are you saying this about me? Like, instead of actually like going through adversity or taking things and trying to improve, which I think it's something that I would love to do when it comes to like the small things. Like if something minor happens and then somebody criticizes me, it's like, okay, F you shut up if it's small, but this is yeah. a big thing. This is the you orange crush. Have, just started spamming uh, their Gmail. On all the well, I didn't. You, I, you need to be like uh, seven minutes left. Illinois was up nine, now up seven. Arms crossed, orange crush. Do better. Good. I mean, that's something that's that's not off the table, certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I was trying to not go after the orange crush on Twitter as much because I do like Zane Bando a lot. Uh, he used to be a member of the Orange Crush, I believe. And he block you. I think he's, I think I, maybe if he unfollowed, then I'm done protecting <laughs> myself from going after them. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, no, he still follows the account. You know, I just, I just, I just think it's ridiculous what the student section has become, especially when you look at some of the actual great ones around the country. I think this one could do some things to improve. And I think yeah, one thing that, that would, that would, uh, that would help would be take a lesson out of Matthew Myers book and drink a shit ton of monsters before the game. That'll get That's you right. going. That's right. Instead of taking little criticism, like the word tool, like, oh, this guy got called it. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you're you're flipping off Juwan Howard, but then if somebody calls you a tool, it's like, oh, okay, can we take this down? I don't think that this is this is not a good look for Orange Crush, even though the Orange Crush sucks. Uh, ACG says the Orange Crush died when the Chief left. I think there's something to that. That's I think that there's true. some sort of correlation there. I, I just, I also think a huge part of it, I talked about it for a while, especially with the arena as a whole is like the renovations that they've made have hurt the, like if you look at Purdue and you'll see it on Sunday, Purdue just feels so much tighter and like close and it can get a lot louder than I think what we see. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I mean, apparently it was good last night. Um, well, I'm sure my I, thing, I would my hope, thing yeah. is that like, it's, it's good in spurts and not good, you know, all the time when it probably should be, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, we're, we're 50 minutes and let's get to Brad's post game and on to Purdue. Well, this Kilton guy is the worst. That's just what <laughs> I want to throw in there. This guy, if he wants to come on the podcast, Flip I would love, I would it, love folks. to talk to him. 
love to have a, a conversation about, you know, maybe some, some tweaks that we can make, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Maybe we can give him a little pointer or something. So, well, I don't really, I'm not going to act like I'm completely credentialed here to, to know what to do, but I'm I sure think it's you, pretty I'm easy. I'm sure you ran the, uh, the, the, uh, what'd you guys call yourself in high school? I usually just sat there and oh. watched the game. Okay. Well, you're a terrible fan. All right. I'm a ball um, head. Under- <laughs> Analyzing the ball. Underwood uh, opened up the post game with uh, let's talk monster. We good with that? No, let's not. Okay. Hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> Kobe. I thought that turned- I was doing stand up comedy last night. Check Brad out. <laughs> he said Kobe has turned into a pro. Hunter seems like he has been here a long time. This is a very good basketball team. We had some heavy hearts, very challenging couple of days, mentally and emotionally, with the situation that happened to Jaden. He never ventured very far from our thoughts. We were re- relieved to see it was only a concussion. Um, he then said, proud of our guys, falling seven down in OT with a minute 40 to go. A little maturity in that. Very easy to just say, yeah, we blew it. It's the craziness of this team. I use that term in a really positive way but it's their never die attitude and their ability. I feel like they've died a few games this year, but it is what it is. Um, Ohio and then State, Ohio state died. Yeah. And then the uh, last one I have here, uh, he was talking about uh, having Shannon and Meyer going at the same time. He said, quote, we built this team with that in mind for March. When things get really, really hard, I've learned a valuable lesson early on when I was at K state you better have somebody when the game is on the line that can go get you a bucket. Those those guys can both do that. I like that aspect. I think what he means with Shannon is you need a guy who can get to the free throw line, and then some games he'll make shots, but other games you just get to the line. How about Jeff Alexander's timeout to run ISO ball? What do you think of that? He was showing Idaho what he's going to bring to the table when they <laughs> hire him as their head coach, and I hope that they were watching. Yep, yep. So Get him uh, one guy, and he'll take the league over. Yeah. ISO. Two good things out of this game. You beat Michigan. Illinois wins. That oh, wait. Illinois wins, and Michigan's maybe an IT bound. Well, we'll see. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of time left. A lot of game left. So, a lot of game left. So. Last six games, the Jawan versus Brad games. Illinois beat Michigan 71-62, and Michigan was ranked fifth. Illinois beat Michigan 64-62 at Michigan when Illinois was ranked 21st. Was that the IO game winner game? I feel like Illinois wasn't uh, your ranked. Your memory's better than mine, dude. <laughs> like way better. Right? Yeah, I, I like it. I think there's a reason for that. A million but, times better. Uh, Illinois beat Michigan it's 76. The sec. It's the Prila sec. Sure. Uh, Illinois beat Michigan 76-53 without Io when Illinois was ranked fourth and Michigan was second. Illinois beat Michigan 68-53 last season in the first matchup, and then they beat them 93-85 in the second matchup at Michigan when Illinois was ranked 15th. And then 91-87 double overtime. And like I said, two of Illinois' best offensive output games against weaker opponents in the big or against good opponents in the Big Ten have been Michigan the last two seasons. This one was double overtime, and they didn't score that much going into overtime. They had uh 21 points, so 70 in regulation. Uh so I guess you could kind of throw that factor in there. But last season they scored a ton against them. So apparently Illinois' offense, to be able to score this many points in the Big Ten, even though this was double overtime, you need to be playing Michigan because 93 last season, 91 this season. So 
Uh, I don't know. I, I will say this. Um, speaking of Michigan and a guy who played decent against Michigan last year, Andre Curbelo, I did stumble upon his uh, his 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 uh, tape from two years ago with Illinois, and I watched some stuff, and I was like, God, how the hell is this guy not an All American in his third year right now at Illinois? <laughs> it's it's insane what happened in year two. We don't have to get into all that. It's just you know, something that I saw the other day. Yeah, I agree. He was so good freshman year, like unbelievably good. And yeah. it's it's just everybody had high hopes. What can you do? He'll, he'll be he'll be playing to Idaho for Jeff Alexander next year. <laughs> uh, all right, Illinois regular season finale at Purdue. I don't really know how many major seniors Purdue has. So, I mean, I, is Gillis a senior? I think he's a junior. Uh, Frost first. Nope, actually, Frost is is a senior. I don't know who that guy is. Um, David Jenkins Jr. Yeah, he he's a Utah transfer, so it's his, you know. And that's it. Yeah. So, all right, maybe Edie will go through. No shot. He could. He's going to get drafted, probably. <sighs> I don't think he goes. I wouldn't if I were him. Why is everybody talking like Dickinson's gone? By the way. I think Dickinson's going to stay. I mean, he said he was hoping it wasn't his last game in Ann Arbor last against Wisconsin. I feel like Dickinson uh I mean that'd be his choice, right? Yeah. Okay. But he's just saying, you know, like Where I hope you know, he he doesn't want he he's staying. I think is what that means. Anyway. Okay. So he he will he'll eventually beat Illinois probably next year maybe. Maybe he'll, hey, what if he transfers? They might to play Illinois? two next year, though. What if he transfers to Illinois? <laughs> they played two last year. Didn't matter. I know. 15 point win, eight point win. Sup. Sup. Suck on we that. We own you, Dickinson. He knows it. Uh, Illinois 20 and 10, 11 and 8 in the Big Ten. Purdue 25 and 5, 14 and 5 in the Big Ten. They are ranked fifth, right? I just guessed on their ranking. Fifth uh, yeah. or sixth, maybe. Still fifth, I believe. 11 30 a.m. Sunday on Fox. I think my favorite part about the last day of the season is that we always get Memphis and Houston on CBS for some reason every <laughs> every year. So that's that'll be a good time for everybody, I'm sure. Um, I think Houston probably beats them by 52 points, but probably not, though. It'll probably be closer. Uh, Purdue's clinched the Big Ten regular season title, so thank God that talk is over for Illinois. Uh, they won at Wisconsin on Thursday. Uh Last three seasons between these two teams, they played five games. Illinois three and two, but Illinois lost both last year. Uh, Purdue is the only team in the Big Ten that had that's really had an elite season. You look at their record, fourteen and five. Nobody in the Big Ten, like eleven and eight, feels wildly different from fourteen and five, three yeah. games. Uh, but are they an elite tournament threat? I think that that remains to be seen. Man, I don't know. They're really young. They're really young, and yeah. the guys on their team that are old or in their second year, other than Edie, are role guys, make some shots, play some defense, glue guy types with First and Morton and Gillis. So there's definitely concerns going into the tournament, but I guess you never really know. Uh, sometimes things just are the opposite of what you expect. Like going into the tournament last year, you look at North Carolina, you're like, that team – Maybe beats Baylor in round two if they get through Marquette, but they are not very good. They're not going to go much further. It was the opposite. Kentucky going to the tournament, everyone thought was one of the top threats for the national championship, loses in round one to St. Peter's. John Calipari, lucky that he 
I don't even think Calipari had the worst loss in the tournament last year. I think it was Purdue's loss to St. Peter's, like I said earlier. So, yeah, luckily um, for, for Calipari. And, you know, uh, Wisconsin kind of gave them everything they wanted last night. Uh, uh, Stephen Crowell, who's, you know, I, I wouldn't consider him trash. No, he's any, okay. any better than, you know, what danger could be. No, he's um, better than danger. I mean, but Edie only had 17 last night, 19 rebounds, but 17 points. He's uh, 30 and 30. Uh, and I know Klesman was having like the game of his life, but how do you not give Chucky Hepburn the ball to make the final shot? Killing me. Well, anyway. um, yeah, Wisconsin, Michigan, both backs against the wall last night, losing tough. Yeah. Obviously, a, I think a harder game for Michigan than Wisconsin. I know Purdue's better than Illinois, but Michigan going on the road, Michigan going on the road in a place where they just they haven't beaten Illinois in forever. Yeah. Uh, Brad yeah. owns Jawan. Jawan made sure to give absolutely zero credit to the Illini last night. That's fine. I actually yeah. didn't watch the video, but that's what people were saying. So I, I heard he blamed the refs. Well, he said something about the inconsistent calls on both sides, which is like every single game, so whatever. I don't think That's he was true. really using that as a way to blame them, but there were some misses. I mean, the goaltending on Coleman was horrific, and RJ grabbing the net, that's probably something you got to call. Yeah. I but then let's flip it, it right back around. They gave the Meyer – they gave Meyer – they called a flop on Meyer, and then they didn't call a flop on Dickinson, so. Yeah, and I mean, they didn't call the clean block a clean block, and – Dickinson probably touched one in the cylinder, if not two. So yeah, and also whatever. the free throws were only Illinois was only plus ten in free throws, and that was like four or five at the end where Michigan was fouling. So that's right. not that bad. You want to look at bad? You look at Illinois Northwestern in January. Juwan, that's true. Um, I put this down. Matt Matthew Meyer said this after the game, giving away you know what they're going to do against Purdue for some reason. I uh, said, quote. Probably the best big man in the country. So we're going to have to double. And then he then he kind of caught himself and said, potentially, we'll see with Dane if we have to or not. We stopped doubling after a little bit against Michigan um, because not everybody was on the same page. But we are going to work on that a lot this weekend. So we will be better. So uh, expect Edie, Dane to Edie try is, to handle Edie and then super double Prone to turning the ball over. Yeah, he he's a good is. passer, but he can turn he, it over. Dickinson does that too. I mean, I feel like yeah. they're kind of the same people, except one seven four, <laughs> one seven one. Yeah, Dickinson had five turnovers last night. Yeah, probably could have been more. I think he traveled at least a couple times. Um, but I think the big difference between Michigan and Purdue is that Edie doesn't really have like a side like star. Like I think Buffkin is a star. And I think Jed Howard is a lottery pick, probably a top 12 pick. Yeah. Like firm lottery pick. But other than that, they have really nobody to rely on. Like Terrace Reed's not going to score a ton. Uh, Will Cheddar's not going to do that. Terrace Williams is pretty much Ty Rogers, at least where Ty Rogers is at in his career. And I think Ty Rogers has the higher upside between the two. But Terrace Williams is a great offensive rebounder. Um, and they have uh, Will Baker couldn't make anything last night. Just airballed a great look. And I understand the argument, and I was on that page. Not I'm not a Michigan guy, obviously, but I was on the same page as give the ball to Buffkin and let him shoot. And you know if Jed Howard was out there, I'm sure Jawan would have given the ball to him, which is what he does every single time. Every single late-game situation is like Jet try to make a Hail Mary three, and if, if you don't make it, maybe you'll get fouled. But Purdue is like a, a lot of role players around Edie. Like I think Smith and Lawyer is a good backcourt, but they're not like – 
guys that can go out and get you 20 like Howard and Bufkin can along with Dickinson. Yeah. Uh, but I think Purdue just has way more scoring depth than Michigan does. I think that's the big difference. So you can't let Edie just get 30 in this game because he's Edie, you know. And you could do that against Michigan. Michigan had a ton, like almost all their points from three guys. Yeah. They had they had uh, 18 points outside of those three guys last night, and Jed Howard only had 15. So it's a hard way to win. Um, Purdue projected lineup. They've been switching it up a little bit lately. You got Braden Smith, the guard at the at the point guard position, six foot, forty uh, percent from three on the season. Uh, Fletcher Lawyer, another guard, six foot four, freshman, fourteen points against Indiana, thirteen against Wisconsin. Uh, and then you got guard Brandon Newman, who's been there for a while. His first start of the season was against Wisconsin last night, so we'll see if he starts again. Mason Gillis, six foot six, twenty three points in the last five games, starting at the four. I'll get into him later. Uh, Zach Eady, seven foot four, likely national player of the year, 17 points, 19 boards against Wisconsin. And then you also had Caleb First and Ethan Morton both taken out of the lineup against Wisconsin in favor of Newman and Gillis. So we'll see if those changes hold. Uh, Newman and Gillis didn't really do much against Wisconsin. So we'll see yeah. what Painter does with his lineup there. Yeah, they, those seems like guys that can be pretty interchangeable. Um, the big the big thing is how are the refs going to handle this game? Um, that's kind of big, the thing against Edie. Do they let him get pummeled um, like he did against Northwestern, or are they going to you know call stuff? Um, and if the those guards around him are going to make threes, so uh, you you gotta you gotta stop two two different things here. I, I you know Underwood's a big let one guy get his. Uh, probably don't want, you know, Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer getting hot from three, along with the other guards that can shoot. So uh, I think that it's a lot to do with how this game gets handled. So, Steve, what's going on? Thanks for stopping by. You look at Purdue's worst performance on their home floor this season was against Indiana, and that was a lot of Indiana – Making limiting those guys a little bit. They were Purdue was five for 23 from three. Smith was 0 for three. Lawyer was two for five, which you can live with. First was 0 for two. Newman uh, was two for five. Gillis and Jenkins 0 for two. Um, and then you need a guy to go off, I think, if you're Illinois. You need, yeah, I'm not saying Hood Shafino 35 and seven like he did against uh Purdue, but you need Shannon for 25. You need Meyer to make some shots. Yeah, danger to score. You need probably Ty Rogers to get eight points, and then I think you got to think RJ is going to have some some key looks, as will Luke Goody. So I don't really think there's one formula to beating them. I think you do have to get lucky a little bit too, especially when you're on the road there. Right. What kind of ED you're going to be facing and how you're going to defend them. I don't think that they're going to – if Illinois tried to do what Northwestern did, they're not going to let them get away with that at Mackey. Uh, so that's just you know the way it is. Uh, from a metrics perspective – uh, Ken Palm adjusted offense, Illinois 70th, so pretty good. Uh, Purdue is 11th, adjusted defense, Illinois 27th, Purdue 20th, tempo, Illinois 74th, Purdue 321. So I like to be a half-court offense with the freshman running the show there. Uh, some key differences here, uh, two-point percentage, Illinois 19th, and Purdue's 32nd, so Illinois with the advantage there. Three-point percentage, surprising that Purdue's 249th in the country. Probably because they have so many guys that do it, and then some of them are probably not having the best of seasons. Uh, let me see if I can prove that. Uh, David Jenkins is shooting 30. First is shooting 31. Uh, 
uh, and Newman's 31. So they're pretty similar to Illinois in that regard, except they have two guys with Gillis and Smith that are both 38-plus. Illinois only has one guy that's close to that, and that's Meyer. Um, you also have the uh, defensive effective field goal percentage number. Illinois is 23rd. Purdue is uh, 32nd. So Illinois with a lot of advantages in spots that you wouldn't expect, I think. Uh, another one is Illinois is 11th in the country in block percentage, and Purdue is 100th. So pretty big difference there. Um Let's see. Home court advantage for Purdue is 36th in the in the country, according to Ken Palm, at 3.8. I don't know what that measures, but do with that number what you will. <laughs> Illinois, for reference, is 142nd, so that's not great. 142nd in the country and home court advantage when you have about 150 schools that don't even really have a home court, and if they do, it's like a high school gym. That's tough. That's, yeah. your, that's your orange crush stat of the day right there, guys. Hey, Kilton, figure it out. Um, True. Players to watch. Uh, yeah. Uh, Steve says uh, they need to attack Edie and not shy away and make the refs call it. I agree. You got you to go at Edie. Um, and Eddie. one, of the, one of the guys uh, that I think it, we're going to see how well he does against attacking the basket with a big 7-4 monster in the paint. Uh, TJ Shannon is my player to watch for Illinois. Um, you talked about somebody has to have a game. I don't know if it can be T- Terrence Shannon Jr. just because how much he relies on going to the basket. Don't know if he's going to be able to do that this game. Um, if he can knock down some threes and kind of kind of bring guys out, um, that's going to help. Uh, so I, I, I'm interested to see how good he does at getting to the basket uh, against Purdue. Um, my guy for Purdue is Fletcher Lawyer who was Luke Goody's uh, teammate back in Fort Wayne, Indiana, or wherever they were at. Um, So nice little reunion for them. Uh, Unlike Goody, though, Fletcher Lawyer has been playing a lot of minutes as a freshman. And uh, if he gets going from three, he can be tough. Uh, He shot 161 of those this year, uh, and he's shooting about 34% clip. So uh, I think this is more, more about... Again, letting Edie get his stop the other guys from beating you. So, which won't work, but we'll see. <laughs> I, you know, I we'll see. We'll see. Hasn't worked pretty much, would be, uh, there you go, would be the thoughts of a lot of people. How did Spieth miss that putt? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> man, that hurts. Uh, Coleman Hawkins is my player to watch. Uh, for the Illini, he's gonna have spots where he's guarding Edie. So, see if he can handle it the same way that he handled. Dickinson in spots, which is you're going to give up some points, so you got to let it happen. Yeah, and maybe sell an elbow or two if you're Coleman. Yeah, and the key, I think, the key against Edie is getting him away from the basket a little bit too, uh, making sure his entry passes aren't super deep. So yeah, uh, then for Purdue, it is Mason Gillis who was a 41% three-point shooter last season. He's at 37% this season. Hasn't made a three since they played Northwestern on February 12th. So probably going to make like six of them in this game. (laughs) And uh, now we have predictions. Predictions. Uh, I I don't think Illinois is going to pull it out uh, at Purdue. Uh, I think they're going to have a hard time scoring. Again, getting to the lane. Uh, They don't have enough three-point shooters to handle a team. Like Purdue, um, I got Purdue 65, Illinois 60. 
Well, I'm kind of stuck here because my upset pick of the week was uh, first I had Arkansas over Tennessee. That was a loss. Yeah. So that puts me at two and eight. Then I had Michigan over Illinois. That's a loss, two and nine. And now I, I then I had Illinois over Purdue. So I have to stick with that here. And I knew that you were going to hold me to that standard. <laughs> That's right. Standard must be upheld. Unlike the Orange Crush, we care about standards here. <laughs> 71 to 66, Illinois over Purdue. ILL, baby. And uh, I we'll love see. that you just, I love how, like, the whole thing you're like, they can't do that. They won't be able to do that. They won't do that. Uh, and then you pick them to win. So uh, I had to. Brady said T ball in 18 was as bad as he's ever seen on TV. Yeah, it's it's just to close it out with something that has nothing to do with Illinois, uh, which I brought up obviously, but it's Perfect. just it's so speed to be one shot off the lead on Friday, and then you just make a terrible bogey on the 18th, and then like you're he has like 20 feet for par, and it like went over the hole. It's just so speed. So there you go. Um, yeah. Um, There's some weird looking mid major coaches, by the way. I've been watching games today. Well, they, some of these coaches look weird. It's, it's not a shot. I mean, I would look weird on a sideline, too. That's true. That's true. It's um, interesting yeah. stuff. Nothing to lose Sunday, though. It's kind of the big takeaway. Yeah. Play a competitive game. Maybe don't lose by out. 40. Yeah. Don't, that's, don't that's score. Don't score 37 points like Purdue get, did against Illinois at Mackey like yeah. four year, three years ago. Don't get embarrassed is the biggest thing. And I don't think that this this team is not a team that gets embarrassed by good teams. They yeah. get embarrassed by teams that might not make the tournament. Yeah. And or I, and a team that gets hot like Indiana. Yeah, they, they're pretty good at playing up to their competition um, when they need to. Uh, and Illinois can still fall anywhere between like two and nine right now in the Big Ten, which is yeah. insane. So. But yeah, there's a scenario where Illinois plays, uh, I think, Indiana in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. I think there's a scenario there where they're the eight nine. I think a lot would have to happen, though. Yeah, I think a lot of that will be based on if I mean, if Indiana beats Michigan, else wins, right? If Indiana beats Michigan uh, on Sunday, then that would pretty much make Michigan done. But a lot of people are saying Michigan needs to beat Indiana, then win one in the big 10 tournament. There's no way that's enough. Like their resume sucks. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of backs against the wall, Rutgers going down to Minnesota. Ouch. Ouch. Rutgers has losses uh, to temple Seton hall and Minnesota and Nebraska now. So they are, extremely lucky that they kind of owned a narrative that they should be a tournament team all season because this team sucks and this team's not good yeah uh and there you go uh cam spencer's defense at the end of that game just a blow by with battle not even trying and and then just terrible but what can you do um at least it wasn't illinois that got buzzard beated on yesterday because that could have happened and yeah i think he said it every time michigan had the ball so just making sure everyone's wife was very, situations. very impressed with your uh, French at the end of the game, too. So good work. <laughs> yeah. Nice try, everybody. Uh, all right. I guess that I guess that's the, the show, the episode. I'll do it. We'll be back. We'll be back uh, preview the Big Ten tournament. Let's yeah. figure that out, huh? Yeah, probably do that Monday or Tuesday and uh see when Illinois is playing. Uh, we will be live on this YouTube and Twitter and Facebook at some point next week, watching some college hoops. So if people want to join us for that, come on the stream too. If Kilton wants to come out and talk some orange yeah. crust, that would be great. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we will uh, We'll see everybody next time. And uh, Illinois, uh, just uh, keep it close. Be competitive. 
I and I, Steve.